When I was a kid, on TV, I would see these commercials for this magical place where you could go and there would be live music, there would be food, the, the soda flowed like wine, uh, there were ballrooms, arcades, and a magical man named Chuck E. Cheese who would guide you through this pleasure palace for children. Um, and I never went to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid. I, I yearned to go to Chuck E. Cheese, but it did not happen until I was older. Oh, you never uh, had to go as a kid? I never went to Chuck E. Cheese, so I felt Bummer. supreme Chuck E. Cheese FOMO. Last night, I took my son to Chuck E. Cheese for the first time. He did not like it. I <laughs> did not like it. Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> fucking sucks, man. <laughs> Maybe he needs to be a little older. Well, I mean, he didn't like it because it was like noise, kids, people, everybody's talking to me. I am not ready for this. So I, I don't blame him. It was just a sensory overload. I didn't like it because I'm pretty sure there is no better place to get infected with multiple diseases at the same time. Yeah. Than Chuck e. Cheese. There were snotty kids everywhere, coughing, rubbing everything, touching everything, touching, touching me, running around, tripping. Uh, the decor left a lot to be desired. The selection of arcade games was abysmal. Uh, and the mm -hmm. pizza was all right, actually. Like, it's still like three out of 10 pizza. But it's like they take each piece and they must take the dough and just absolutely just coat it in garlic powder. Uh, so there was something moderately satisfying about that but god that place sucked there was no pizza band i wanted a fucking pizza band i wanted to see animatronic robots rocking out on the drums they had yeah. a video of the pizza band playing it was like a music video like a produced mm. one uh they kept mm. cutting to the drumsticks because i don't know what else how do you make you know animatronic people look like they're playing musical instruments but uh yeah long story short chuck e cheese not that cool what was so was there people in costumes like was there chuck e cheese Oh yes, there was Ch Chuck. Chuck was walking the floor. Uh, there was a, I'm going to say, 18 to 22 year old employee who was extremely enthusiastic and kept talking to the kids by their first names and getting mildly frustrated when the kids wouldn't respond to her. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she was like too enthusiastic <laughs> mm. to be working there. She was like, "Happy birthday!" And, um, the whole scene was was, yeah, it was kind of depressing be honest with you Ugh, sounds terrible i'm sorry so if if My i condolences. uh successfully caught covid for the second time <laughs> we'll, we'll know where <laughs> i got it <sighs> i actually went to Cheese as a kid oh yeah for some kid's birthday one of my friend's birthdays yeah how was Back it when i went it was the like 90s Chuck E. cheese where he has the, like hat and the like skateboard you know gear on and all that chucky did uh, Chucky did, yeah. I think okay. now he's just like a more of a CG mouse looking character. Well, now he's just a guy in a costume. And then yeah. I also I sent you some photos of the uh, the it animatronic doll. That, that was pretty cool. Actually, I did like that. That was the one thing I was kind of stoked on. They had an animatronic Chucky that was very creepy and perched up in the center, almost on like a like a like a die or dice or something. But he was looking around, just very menacing in a, in a fun way. Mm. <laughs> they are scary. It's funny that they, they burst the whole, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's craze was totally... Oh, that's true, huh? Uh, I didn't even think about cheese. that. 
But uh, and then Chuck E. Cheese did their Five Nights of Fun horror scary things. Like they was like life imitating art. It was funny how that how that goes hmm. comes around. Well, I don't know. I I I heard that one of the Chuck E. Cheeses in the Los Angeles area, not the one I went to, has the pizza band. Oh, so, so there's animatronic somewhere. There is a chance that that I could go to a Chuck E. Cheese that won't suck, but I what believe a I lost went to... art that is. Yeah, the pizza band. Like just just people who build and maintain animatronic things. That's just such a of the de- the old of the past, the old days. It's like CRT technician or something. You know, it's like who does that? Yeah, yeah. I like how uh, we're rebranding the podcast into the Chuck E. Cheese podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's get into this. You guys are y- y'all well? You doing well? Orin and I just recorded a mega movie podcast that will be in the uh, in the pipeline soon. But uh, it's okay. I-, I drank more coffee, so I'm I'm feeling good. Are Are you feeling good, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, I feel fine. I feel ready I'm to talk it. about some video games. Orin looks strong. I mean, I'm, he always uh... looks strong. I might but. be like a little tired and out of it for this podcast because we literally just talked about movies for two and a half hours. But I think mm. I think I, I'll, I got some fuel left in the tank to power through and talk about video games. All right. And talk about video games. We shall. Kevin, why is Tekken 8 the best Tekken game since Tekken Tag? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> mm, it actually might be. Best no, I, I think it, it is. I think it is. Yeah. For me, personally, the thing that, that bugged me the most about Tekken 7, I was going to play a lot of it, was that uh, it, the game was really built around getting a launcher, which is like you hit someone in the air and then you do a long combo on them and you juggle them for like maybe 10 seconds. And uh, this, the combos, the game does seem to be built around that at a higher level, but it feels less combo heavy than Tekken 7, which is nice because... Watching your character get juggled for like ten seconds per round can suck if you like screw up one move or block, you know. So I think that's a big thing. Also, uh, I mean, it's not really a reason why it's the best, but I just think it looks really good. Like the graphics are incredibly nice. It's so high fidelity, and uh, I like the new characters. Mm. Yeah, new characters are good. There is something about the balance of this game. I for 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 the record, I have been playing Tekken since the late '90s, so we're, we're going on over a quarter of century of, of of Tekken playing. Um, back when I was like, uh, back when it was in the art Tekken Tag and Tekken Three were in the arcades, uh, like 23 years ago, uh, I would play. I probably spent like hundreds of dollars playing it in the arcade, and there was a big arcade scene. It was like the very end of the arcade scene kind of thing where you could go to the arcade and people would play shit. And a lot of people played Tekken, so I got very into it and played it very competitively there for a while. Um, then I dropped off for, for a long time. And Tekken 7, I came back, which was 2017. And I did like that game, but like there were some changes to the, to the stew that just didn't quite sit right with me like i liked it but like something about the way it felt was a little off part of it i think was the emphasis on juggling kevin saying like knocking character in the air and just like just juggling you for multiple moves um also like i think like the, the way the hyper armor worked in that game there's like a couple yeah. things and it might have also just been me right that my time 2017 i was playing a lot of PUBG. i don't know if i was ready for a fighter or not 
but like Tekken 8 is working for me. It's I'm really digging it. Something about the balance feels a little better. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good ass fighting game. It definitely is. It feels it 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 feels like a substantial improvement over Tekken 7, and I and I like Tekken 7 a lot. I when I first played it, I felt I want to say a little <laughs> underwhelmed because mm-hmm. I had just been riding off the Street Fighter 6 high, and I felt like I think because that was so new and different, I hadn't played Street Fighter since Street Fighter 2, really. So it was such a like novel thing that I think uh, Tekken 8 like felt like oh it's just Tekken again, but like it's not just Tekken again. It's definitely doing a lot of new things. They've they've changed the formula up a lot. All the characters have new animations and new moves. And they've rebalanced them. So there's there's a lot of a work on this game that's been done that's not immediately obvious, even if you're a long a long time Tekken player, like Aaron and I are. Yeah. Um. There's also some really interesting quality of life things like now you can select whatever music you want to play from mm. any of the previous games which is kind of huge because but I, I did not really love the music for tekken 7 um and i got sick of it pretty quickly obviously you can always just you know put spotify on in the background turn the music off but not a like good solution, um, though. not not an optimal solution i i like that uh some of the stuff they've done around like they built this sort of fake arcade virtual metaversity environment where you can go hang out with other people with your dumb looking little avatar and play mm-hmm. Tekken matches together. Um, from what I understand, Street Fighter Six has done that to at a much higher level. Much better. But, but um, hopefully there's there's something more there. I found the... Uh, okay, so what, what does a fighting game need to be good? Or, or are you dying? Uh, well, I'm, I've been like itching to ask this question. Oh my God, ask. To Kevin, is this better? Is Street Fighter Six still the king of modern fighters, or is this up there? Kevin's thinking. Kevin's thinking. I mean, so, yeah. um, it's a good question. I will say this: I think Street Fighter Six is um, netcode is better. So, if you're mm. playing online, which I think to kind of answer Aaron's question, what's the most important thing for a fighter? Might be good netcode at this point in time. I think that like might actually yeah. be what matters the most. Uh, Street Fighter Six feels like I'm playing with someone next to me. It mm. doesn't feel like there's lag at all. I have a friend, my friend who I play play against regularly lives in Texas, and there doesn't feel to be latency almost never. Sometimes we get like a very small hitch, but it, it was and I was playing on Wi-Fi, so uh, I don't know. I think like Street Fighter Six was a better impression on me, um, and it feels in terms of netcode. In terms of netcode, I, I but I also just think like like big high level game i don't know i think maybe i've just i've played so much tech and street fighter feels so fresh so i i just feel like still maybe more excited about street fighter 6 really i'm playing tekken right now so yeah yeah huh so uh, is it better i don't know yet ask me that again or in like two months how about that yeah okay i'll do that it, I'll, I'll put it in my back pocket it is a good place yeah. to be though that 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 the uh to the oldest and most respected fighting games have had very successful entries in the last six months. Um, or I don't know, maybe Street Fighter Six came out more than six months ago, but the last year. Uh, I, I've found the netcode to be generally good, though I, I, it sounds like Street Fighter Six is a little better. Um, but you have to make, you have to limit it only to the highest connection rate possible. Mm. And... Um, you should probably just not agree to play with people who are on Wi-Fi. And you probably should not be on Wi-Fi, I would also say. That that could be 
hindering your thing. But um, for the most part, like I played a probably 60, 70 ranked matches by now. Um, I would say 90% of them were great. 10% of them were not great. Mm. Mm. I only played a couple and they were laggy, but I think it was my issue. I think it was yeah. a really problem. So. Yeah. Had some weird, weird internet issues recently. But I, I think like over Tekken Seven, it's an improvement in every way. I think the only thing that's not as good is customization. Tekken Seven's customization was really fun. I remember making it just crazy outfits for like every character, and that was really fun. It feels like not quite as much with this game, which is funny because the game itself feels less grounded than Tekken Seven. Like it's more over the top even than before. But like, like one of the levels is like on like an asteroid crashing to the planet. Like that's where you're fighting. <laughs> oh, <Like> it's, <laughs> so, it's awesome. So crazy, yeah. Um, it's been fun though. Like I, I have a lot of fun playing it. So I'm enjoying it. Hmm. Early game of the year contender. It, it'll be in my top. It'll 10. be in the list. Yeah, I yeah think it'll, it'll make the list the like, without question. Yeah. Um, it's a very good Tekken game. Tekken is, as I said, one of my oldest favorite fr- franchises. Um, like when I think of like competitive games, for me, I, I kind of would prefer to have like one or two games that are very, um, pure in in sort of what they're offering and like. And, and that I could just get better. Like I, I could see myself playing ranked for months and trying to see, you know, how high can I climb the ranks in the ranked mode? Um, yeah, I, I'm really liking it. I don't know. What, or what do you think it would take to get you to play a fighting game? Or is there any, anything? Uh, there's nothing. I just, uh, it's just not my genre. There's like certain genres that I'm just allergic to and fighting games are just one of them. Man, mm. Maybe one day I'll feel inspired. I can't remember I did play a little bit of Street Fighter Six, like, and when I say a little bit, I mean like an hour's worth. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It, it was cool, but um, it's usually not just my. It's just not my genre. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Tekken Eight got you know strong entry. I, I, you know, I can't think of much that I would put against it uh, other than just some nitpicks about certain like new player friendly mechanics that are abusable at very low levels of play, but not so much at beyond that. Uh, all right. I don't know. Tekken eight, check it out. It, it's, it's pretty great. Um, it seems like they're doing, doing really good numbers too. So that's cool. Uh, or last time we, we met, I had been playing a little bit of the last of us, no return, which is naughty dogs, rogue light implementation of the gameplay from the last of us part two. And, and I said, Pretty darn good. Pretty much what I feel like we almost explicitly asked for, minus the roguelite element, when we made our uh, Last of Us Part Two podcasts. I guess four years ago. Holy shit! Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, how are you finding it? Um, yeah, The Last of Us. I've just been playing the roguelite no return mode. Um, I I think I put like about thirty hours into it, so a pretty significant amount of time. And I think it's quite good. I think it's probably the best version of The Last of Us's combat. Um, it's almost like playing the uh, hotel and motel shootouts from No Country for Old Men on loop. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you really like the tension of that movie and the intensity of that movie, that's just like a distillation of that movie in this gameplay loop. So I, I think it's very fun. I kind of fell off of it after 30 hours because it just doesn't quite have the same pull that Hitman Freelancer has. Hitman Freelancer really is a game that you could just play forever. Like that game just constantly is 
grabbing you with like, oh, you want to customize your house more? You want to unlock more features? You want to get more guns? Like it's constantly pulling you in a way that this mode, after you've cleared about six or seven runs, like the experience is basically over. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the game. The game kind of stops giving you stuff after that, in my opinion. So, um, but I, d- I do really like it. I think it's a worthy addition to The Last of Us. Would I have preferred factions? Maybe, probably. But um, I, I, I still think it's it's a good, solid roguelite. Um, I'm a little less high on it than I was a week ago. Because, like, again, I, I realized after a certain point that it didn't really have much more to offer after a certain point. But I do think it's a solid game. How would you compare it to uh, Mercenaries from RE4 Remake? I like mercenaries more. I just hmm. think, um, I think like, uh, here's, here's the thing about resident evil four. I think resident evil four remake has set like a really high bar for third person shooters for me. And every third person shooter I've played since has fallen short. Like remnant two, great game fell short. Alan wake two, great game fell short. Last of Us No Return, great game, fell short. I think Resident Evil 4 Remake, it's just got the sauce. Like, you know, it's just because it's so um, weighty and violent, but it's also really stylish and fun. And it's like uh, it's it's just like hitting all my dopamine centers. I think The Last of Us is good, is really great. But like the dodge mechanic is kind of finicky. Sometimes your character will do something that you don't want him to do and you mm. feel like it's like out of your control. Like with Resident Evil 4 Remake, I feel completely in control of my character the whole time. So I know uh, Aaron prefers The Last of Us. I personally like Mercenaries more. Oh, I, I didn't say that. I just I need to give Mercenaries another chance. Right. True. Um, yeah. yeah, give it give it another chance. I really, really love Mercenaries. I think like another thing that Mercenaries does is that um Every character plays totally differently. Uh, Ada Wong plays completely differently from Krauser. Krauser's like a Devil May Cry character in a Resident Evil 4 game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. While Ada is like, you know, you're playing as John Wick and Wesker has his own play style. Hunk is just submachine gun. Like, I don't think The Last of Us, the characters, because you can play as multiple characters. There's not really like a huge difference between each character. Like each character Mm -hmm. has their perk, but they Mm -hmm. all virtually play the same um so yeah oh yeah ultimately i think mercenaries is still the best arcade third person experience that you can do right now okay i can see that so my only other question would be um the th- the thing that sets the last of us different or just something that's really different i always thought within resident evil was like it's uh stealth elements do those come out in a cool way in this roguelite mode yeah yeah i think so okay yeah um the game doesn't have like a timer or anything so you can like really take your time Mm -hmm. in each level which i think is great um i also just love the intensity of it all of the guns feel amazing um it's it's funny how (laughs) the last of us like when they made the last of us part two in 2020 they made the game with the intention of like disturbing you with the violence. Like they wanted to make you like feel bad. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that the developers have done a completely 180 on that where they're like, yeah, you, you kind of like blowing a guy's arm off and seeing him squeal on the ground. You kind of like it, don't you? <laughs> so it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's become very sadistic in a way, but um, it's, it's quite fun. It's very fun. Yeah. I think it's good. It, it's, it is more of a stealth action 
like yeah. mode than the re4 is more of like wave third person shooter i guess or whatever survival right am i am i describing this correctly yeah yeah it's yeah, um yeah. I also just think like with roguelite modes, sometimes another reason why I like mercenaries more is that like with roguelite modes, if you fail like from some bullshit death late in your run, it can be really frustrating and you rage quit. When you fuck up a run on merc in mercenaries, it's only like an eight minute long level. So it doesn't feel as devastating. You're like, okay, I'll just start over, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Hmm. All right. Do you feel like there's any chance you would go back and replay The Last of Us Part Two again? I don't know. I, I I think that movie has been not movie. Sorry, that video game has kind of been discoursed into oblivion a little bit for me. Like mm-hmm. it's so weird because it was like one of my favorite. It was it was my favorite game of 2020. I don't know if that's true anymore, but um, the way people talk about The Last of Us Part Two has gotten like so annoying that I'm kind of overthinking about it <laughs> so i don't know if i'll go back to play it anytime soon but i did love it when it came out all right uh kevin you're you're our resident uh yakuza expert you didn't mm-hmm. used to be but but you are you have inherited over. that role completely You've taken over from kevin uh, yeah 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 you stole it from kevin um tell me about like a dragon infinite wealth okay so, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth is the uh, JRPG successor, the next uh, game in the uh, Yakuza franchise, which is known in Japan as Like a Dragon, and they've since rebranded it in the U.S., so it's now just called Like a Dragon. Um, so it's called Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Um, it's the follow-up to the previous year game, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is, you know, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... Um, yeah, it's a big, uh, open sprawling JRPG set in Japan and Hawaii. Um, basically picking up on the story exactly where the, the last game, Yakuza 7, left off. Um, I've played it for about, I think, 15 hours so far. Um, actually, I can, I can find that number out for you right now. So can I. 27 <laughs> hours. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I love when you're like, Never it's been mind. 15, actually 27. Yeah, I played it almost twice as much as I thought I did. So um, um, I'm really liking it, as mm. as I expected. It's basically exactly what I thought it was going to be, and uh, in all the best ways. Um, it's funny because it takes place in uh, Waikiki, Hawaii, and I had gone on a trip there about a year ago, um, and it looks oh, almost yeah. exactly how I remember it. Like hmm. I even found what looked like my hotel, like the approximation of it. Um, the like the airport. I'm like, oh, I know this airport. Like this is, looks exact. Like you don't actually spend time in the airport. He walks into it in a cutscene, but like it looks just like how it does in real life. So it has a little bit of that, like I guess GTA, you know, New York City, Liberty City, or you know, but it's a little bit of the real life analog. It's pretty. It's pretty amusing. Um, hmm. I will say the one thing that's that's funny is like I think Hawaii, particularly. Honolulu was a good choice for a game that's set primarily in Japan because it's in the U.S. now, but a lot of characters speak Japanese, so it makes sense with some of the characters, but sometimes, like, there was this part where, like, this guy walked up, and they're like, oh, my God, it's Bryce, and he's, like, speaking, like, fluent Japanese, and he's, like, this guy with blonde hair, and it's just, like, so 
silly like he just looks like some like local hawaiian guy like like surfer dude and he's like speaking and when he talks he has this really thick japanese accent so there's like a slight like weirdness how like some of the characters speak japanese so well and they're like clearly like local hawaiian characters not that they they couldn't but just it just seems funnier in the context of of the game because normally Mm. like you're in japan right Mm. but um i it's been uh really fun the combat system has been uh more robustly built out you can now um hit enemies into each other so you can kind of like strategize spacing and movement a lot of your aura effects have like a little cone around you so basically there's there's more to it than just uh the the old school jrpg combat they've added a couple more elements of like spacing and movement to it which i think was a good a good change yeah, I actually want to talk about exactly that, the spacing and movement in JRPG combat and turn-based combat, but mm-hmm. maybe we'll put a pin in that and get back to that in a sec. I'll let you... Do you have anything more to say about this game? Uh, the story has been great so far, as as one would expect. Um, it's funny when it needs to be. It's got all the drama when it, when it needs to have it. Um, the job system is even closer to Final Fantasy V this time. Um, Final Fantasy V, you could pick a job, and then you could pick some skills from... Like, if you pick a job, you could pick some skills from other jobs. This game lets you do that, so you can basically, like, master a job or level up into a job and then take those skills and take them to your other classes. There's mm. more skill mix-matching, which is really a cool feature. Kind of creative um, character building. Yeah. Nice. Um, and one other thing that I think is amazing, and they should put this in every JRPG, is when you fight a low-level enemy, when they like when they come to attack you, you can press left trigger right as this fight starts for called a beatdown, and all the characters just run up in real time and just beat them up, and the fight's over immediately. So you don't have to, like, do the fight <laughs> in, like, turn-based mode if they're low-level, because, like, it's a waste of your time. So it lets you kind of get through easy fights if that happens to you, which I think That's is cool. just, like, a, a great quality of life thing. Hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I need right. to. Uh, I, I still need to play uh, the first one. I just. Uh, I just. I'm set. It's. It feels like still a little too soon for me because I just did like. I need to like take like an extended break from like like Yakuza because like I'll take a couple year break and then I'll come back and be like, <clears throat> still feels too soon. <laughs> so I need to like, finally play this it's new funny. JRPG I'm, I'm, trilogy. I'm on the final battle of. Baldur's Gate 3, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put some pause for, like, another massive sprawling JRPG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the game has... Another sprawling J- RPG, excuse me. Not, not JRPG, but this, this is JRPG. So one other thing that's worth mentioning is that it has a whole built-in Pokemon mode, so you can, like, collect Pokemon and, like, fight, battle each other. There's, like, gyms and everything. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. They built that all into the game. And then it also has this island, which is kind of like Animal Crossing, where you can like build your own island and customize it, and like try and gather island in-game island currencies that are not related to the game. So they've built, they put a lot of time in it. I think it's a game that you could really sink a lot of time into, like even more. Like a Dragon was a big game, but I think this is a bigger game. Wow. Yeah. These games are just threatening to like pull me away from my real life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the new one's on Game Pass. I know Yakuza Seven, like a dragon, is. But, yeah, right. no, this one's not on Game Pass. Okay, unless I didn't it's, think so. yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Like, let me see. Uh, but um, wh- what game came out last year? Ishin was that like was that also like a dragon? It's like a dragon. Uh, yeah, Ishin, it's a dragon Ishin, yeah. It, it's called but like it's a more. 
it, it wasn't like a JRPG. It was like a brawler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I actually did the eleven game, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, 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 something like that. Uh, I played that one. I I didn't really connect to it that much, um, but yeah, yeah. I th- I, th- I kind of stand by that. Like my favorite ones were of the ones I played were Zero, Yakuza Zero, but I also really liked uh, Kiwami Two. I thought that one was very good as well. Uh, but I, I need to give these JRPG ones a shot. It seems like, generally speaking, people are more excited for them. And they I literally made it. another one like last year, the the Kiryu one, Man with No Name. They just yep. like pump these games out. How oh they do gosh. that? And they're so long. I don't know. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, Kiryu is in this game, and this is not a spoiler. He's like on the cover of the game. He's, he's, right. he's, he's a party member, and he has like his all of his like abilities are like built, repackaged into JRPG format. Pretty cool how they did that. Like, you can change his stance mid fight and everything. Hmm. Imagine being like a Yakuza diehard who's play who plays every Yakuza game and they're all like a hundred hours long and they're <laughs> huge. And they all have yeah. like every one of them has like hardcore mini games that are like you gotta practice and get good at these. Like they're not like just a mini game. Like they're like, no, we're gonna demand excellence out of you in this mini game. They're they're serious business. Can you so skip those? Because that's yeah. uh okay, okay. That's like one I have been pretty religiously skipping mini games in jrpgs lately not that they're not good i just have so much on my plate like learning a game within a game can be kind of daunting for me mm-hmm. yeah like you don't do the uh, batting yeah. or anything okay yeah. that's good hmm sounds pretty cool uh that's i need good. to check one of these out like i don't know i uh i, I i've i was sort of bitching about my backlog uh, i think last podcast and I, I, I went really ruthlessly looked at it and was like, any game that I'll be totally fine if I never play again or beat, I'm just going to remove from this. You know, even games that I'd like to play, but like, but like my life will be, I, I will, I'll be able to live, you know, I'm not going to have intense FOMO. So I got it down to like six games and then I was able to complete a couple of them. So I'm actually in an okay place. I feel like I still have a lot on my plate, but a lot less than I had two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, I what are start... your uh, priorities? I'm curious. I got to know. Oh, shit. Let me. Uh, well, OK. Yeah, you I can cannot... mention this list. I haven't heard it either. Like, what's, what's me... on? Yeah, like what are it. like your top three black backlog games? You'd OK, say, OK. Let me pull this up real quick because I don't have it right in front of me, but I could uh, I could pull it up. I have a Google Doc. Um, So Sea of Stars is gone. Oh, Phantom Liberty needs to be finished. Um, I'm like three quarters sure. of the way through that uh baldur's gate but like that's gonna happen there's no there's really no urgency there um i want to play the black parade which is a thief total conversion mod that was like fan project that was worked on for like 10 years and it's super high quality um under rail and then uh i'd like to go back and just finish system shock because i was enjoying that so actually not that that bad i would like to play alan wake too but like I'm not feeling the pull right now. Right, it's still there, it's waiting for me. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's not actually that that brutal. Oh, I'd like to play separate ways, which I I I spent like five minutes in. And I was just like, I'm not not ready for this right now, and I, I uh, for sure would like to go back and 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 get in the headspace for that. So um, so I have some bandwidth. Um, so what did I do? I started another campaign in uh, Baldur's Gate three because I'm a psychopath um and i started a dark urge which is a specific origin character 
and I don't, I can't talk too much about this without being kind of spoilerish. But like the thing that the dark urge does is it adds a whole extra narrative to the game that recontextualizes and changes things. Um, and it's really cool and it's really well done and it's surprising. And it, it would almost be worth, I think a lot of people who hadn't played the game, maybe that would be the a good starting class or a good starting character because um, you, you're going to get more stuff. But also if, if someone was like, I want more, more Baldur's Gate 3, but I beat the game or whatever. Dark Urge is really cool. Um, I don't really know how else to say, other than like, like here's the basic premise. You're like, you don't know what your backstory is if you're the Dark Urge and your character has like, kind of like a, a bloodlust. Huh. And uh, and yeah, stuff happens. It's like dramatic stuff happens. Um, but all right, let's talk for a minute about turn-based video games. Orn, what do you think of turn-based video games? They're boring. They're boring. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> right. It's like, over. What is the advantage of a turn-based video game? You get to think about your attacks. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, but what's like a, a bigger... What, what other advantages are there? I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? Um, it's a... I mean, it's just a... What are the advantages? I would say like... I mean, the first thing I think of, which is not really the intended advantage, is just that uh, you can play them at a different pace. Like, you can play them slower. You can play them... Like, if you're playing a game that's getting a bad frame rate or it doesn't... Like, it's like a different... It's just a different thing. It's like a... It's like a, the, the pace of it... And the experience of it as, as the person who was playing it is, is different. And I think there's an advantage there if you don't want to play something that's intense and actually even requires reflex. So sure. that's an advantage. Uh, yeah. It doesn't require Twitch-based things. I think, like, when I think of, like, what is, what is the strength of the genre is the, like, the, like, strategy or tactful, like, tactical elements. Like, how does this, how, right. like, how is this, like, going to play out? And uh, it kind of, like, it breaks up the action and brings in more emphasis to like each action that each person is taking. Whereas mm -hmm. like in like an action game, it could be a big moment, but like a small thing couldn't, may not be as big of a deal because you said it happens so quickly. Whereas in a turn-based game, like every single thing happens. Boom, ba dun da dun da dun da dun So it really emphasizes those like, those moments better. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that is a great point. Um, I think also it allows you to control multiple people at the same time. Mm, that's um, true. I, I find that, I, that if FromSoft isn't making the game, a game with uh, overt RPG mechanics and action combat can feel floppy to me. It, it, it's 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 hard. It's it doesn't always work for me. And so turn-based combat can kind of take that like, oh, I'm going to build this character and put all these weird different attributes into them, and then see it play out. Um, right. Orin's, oh, okay, Orin, you were just really. Still, I thought you were frozen for a second. Oh, I was, I was intently listening. No, that's that's good. Uh, but um, <laughs> so like, like what Kevin was just saying is totally right. I think the thing that makes turn-based games for me so interesting is that there's a real sense of player story and player drama that plays out over the different turns. You can have lots of ups and downs in a way that doesn't usually happen in a more action-oriented game. Not to say that you won't have that, but it might happen quicker. It may it it won't be dragged out the same way. It just it's a different experience. Um, and uh, like so, as I've cleared my plate, so I say, I started. I downloaded Gears Tactics onto my Xbox, and uh. Uh, I had been wanting to play this for a while. I like XCOM. I like these kind of games, and I was kind of looking for a a turn based game that had um, 
tactical spacing based combat, right? Because I've been playing a lot of uh, of uh, Baldur's Gate three, and that has that kind of combat, and I, and I really, it's really satisfying to me. Um, and then Kevin's like, oh, I I put Gears Tactics on my Steam Deck, and I'm gonna start playing it there because it's a good Steam Deck game. And I was like, I I need to spend some time with this. So I've played a few hours of the game, and I really like it. I think it's a really good conversion of the Gears of War combat because they already had a pretty good cast of um, bad guys that that, that that make you know clear silhouettes that that illustrate different types of attacks and different patterns. Um, totally, yeah. The thing that I like about this type of XCOM tactics game which is pretty different from Baldur's Gate like Baldur's Gate you're like you got a bunch of characters and it's a big sandbox and you can try all kinds of things and they can, mm-hmm. the battles can go for a long time and you can you can throw barrels and do weird shit and you can try all kinds of strange ta- uh, strategies and tactics and it's really playful when you play something like XCOM it's like every move if you don't make the right move you're fucked so there's like this real time pressure it's and um, space pressure on you the whole time and, and you're not like picking building classes that are really pretty rigid and predefined. And you're sort of working with what you've got. Um, and I think Gears Tactics does a really good job of doing that. So you get this these these levels that play out and there's a real sense of arc and narrative over the course of it. And you're just pressured the whole time to sort of like solve these, these complex problems. Uh, have you been playing it too, Kevin? Yeah. I have actually, what, yeah. What, what do you think? Uh, I agree with what you're saying. I, I only played a, a single level. Okay. Um, I did one where I was fighting uh, Boomers, classic Gears enemy. Boom, they shoot the rocket launcher at you. And uh, I was just thinking the way that they translated their attacks with the boom shot into a tactics-based game was really cool because it was built around splash damage. So they kept saying, don't clump up. We're going to get hit by the Boomers, and they'll they'll hit us all. Um, and they also can catapult their shots up onto buildings or behind cover, So which really changes the way the game plays. So, uh, basically, to your point, uh, I haven't played XCOM, but I thought they did a really good job of translating Gears into tactics. I mean, they said when they were designing it, they were like, we always felt Gears was a tact- tactical game already. They said they just wanted to like slow, that, slow the pace down, move the camera up. Was what they said, but those are, that's what they, that was their little quote, if I remember correctly. So, hmm. anyways, you were... Yeah, I should try this game. Uh, it's good. It's on Game Pass. It, it's... Like, you know, it looks gorgeous. It looks like as good, I think, as Gears 5. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 4K, 60 FPS, all that stuff. Um, it's pretty cool. I did not know that in the, at least, so this is like a prequel, narratively speaking, to the Gears of War universe. And like, I guess the story, the, the lore of Gears of War is they ostensibly nuked their entire world to kill the the bad guys. What are they called? The locusts, yeah. They did. The locusts? This is with the, the satellites. This is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah but they, they, it was like, <laughs> the story was like, it was like that or like, they're all dead. Like a yeah. So. Um, but yeah, really, this is a very good version of a tactics, XCOM style tactics game. I think it's, it's, it fits really well. I think it feels really good. Plays really well as a controller. It looks gorgeous. Um, I remember it came out in 2020 and I was like interested, but like it didn't get a ton of hype, which I guess is not surprising. Uh, yeah. I think it's damage. Yeah. What else did they do? Return to Castle Wolfenstein multiplayer. Right. Okay. Three okay. bombs. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. This is nothing like that, but um. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty rad. 
I don't know. Worth checking out. It's on Game Pass. It's it's funny that they do these like like Halo Wars, these strange um, crossovers mm-hmm. to like like niche genres that maybe maybe end up getting they're not super big hits, but uh, I guess that's that's. Cool I think it's that, cool. It's cool they did it. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah, me too. I liked your Saturday. I thought it was great. I just, I just when I played, I didn't it didn't stick with me. But I, I went back and played it, and I was like, oh, this game's awesome. I felt like it was like harder than I remembered. At least the one I was doing, I had to like secure two objectives, and the enemies were like coming from all directions. And it was just like, oh my gosh, how do I? I got to get every every plan right here. There's no screw ups. Right. That is that is the real uh, thing that that type of the, the XCOM lineage game does is like every move counts. You really you don't have room to spare like you do in Baldur's Gate to move around. It's like if you're not yeah. if you're not accomplishing something with each move, you're kind of screwing up. And and they do a pretty good job of like you can't quick save at least or at least I don't think you can quick save. I don't know. I'm playing on console, so like you're not save scumming as much, which is good. Um, how do you feel? Like are, you're getting more used to these tactical games where spacing matters. I find that the spacing makes a turn based game for me more interesting because when you're not considering spacing, it can just kind of be whacking on each other for a while. Uh, yeah, is that is that a question for me? Yeah, how is it? What what do you are you? It's growing on you. What are you feeling about it? Is it- um, I it's it's I've I like it more now. I still find turn based movement to be the pace of it can still kind of like get get right. me down. I think there's a purpose for it, and I understand that that spacing <clears throat> allows like for a whole different level, a whole different like dimension really of gameplay. Like it's completely yeah. changes how the strategies play out. Um, it's like. Like in an RPG, it's like would be less about like enemies' weaknesses, enemy strengths, and exploiting those, and more about like spacing, advantage, like you know, area of denial, that kind of stuff. So it's just a, it's just like a it's just a very different thing. I enjoy yeah. it though. I think like um, when we were playing uh, the other Larian game, you mean uh, our friend Josh? Um, yeah. Had done Divinity some Original cool, Sin Two. Kind of yeah, Divinity Original Sin Two had done some kind of cool co-op, tactical space things that you couldn't do if you were playing a game like a jrpg i guess mm-hmm. um like what what do i prefer i probably would still prefer jrpg combat but i think that there's i think like it, it, it's it's a different genre really turn-based tactics mm-hmm. is a different thing so um it's grown on me i think it, i think it's fun i just feel like if if i have to like if i have if i'm like a battle starts and i'm like out of the fight and i have to like move my character like two or three turns to get into the fight like that sucks like that's that, that just yeah. such a sluggard sluggardy pace and mm-hmm. I think it can also be frustrating in Larian games if I'm like, oh, we started a fight, but like I wasn't staying in the right spot and they blew me up a bunch of times or like, or like <laughs> it just that kind of stuff. You like, got alpha. Yeah. That, like, like I think it just feels like I'm, I got punished because I was like, I talked to someone. That kind of stuff I think can be a little frustrating, but that's really a Larian problem, I think, not a genre issue. So, sure. Uh, Oren, did you play Into the Breach? Yeah, I loved that game. Okay. That game so was you, amazing. So, that- you like you you're into this i'm into it i think uh into the breach uh the reason why i loved that game so much is that it was um it was like because i loved advanced wars back in the day okay and into the breach is like a better version of advanced wars so i was like all about it (laughs) and that game that game was awesome i love that game i I like it even more than ftl Mm. it's very good you should try that too, Kevin. You you do like turn. Oh, okay. See, yeah, you really well, Oren's, should play Baldur's Gate. I know he should. <laughs> he's down. He does like turn-based tactical combat. He just didn't know it. No, no. he knew it. 
<laughs> um, all right, all right. Let's stop picking on Orin and move to yeah, the Sony State of Play. Uh, <laughs> Orin, tell me, tell me what you got to say. Sony comes out of nowhere. They say we got to stay to play here, or is it a play uh, to stay? What do we got? We got a play to stay. Um, yeah, we yeah. Sony did their state of play. It was actually like they showed a lot more stuff than I thought they would. I thought. It would just yeah. be like a dumb little update, but it really was just like their showcase, you know, like their E3 showcase in January. So I was like surprised by how big it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they they showed some, uh, they showed a lot of stuff. They showed Stellar Blade, um, Silent Hill, uh, Death Stranding 2. They showed a lot of stuff. Um, my initial thoughts on it are, it's a lot of stuff that, I personally am just like not that interested in it. So it wasn't really like an orange showcase. The game I was the most excited for was rise of the Ronin. And I thought it actually looked worse <laughs> than I thought it would be. It could like kind of after seeing that trailer, I'm like less sold on it. So I, I might not, I might skip it. And uh, the other big takeaway I had from it is I'm just really not feeling these silent hill games at all like they showed they showed two silent hill games um this like shadow drop of this pt like called silent hill the short message oh that was a shadow drop it's out yeah they did yeah Yeah, it's it's out yeah it's free too do people free and it's out uh it it wasn't bad okay i I heard mixed things i've heard some people like it Uh, some people didn't um yeah but uh they shadow dropped that game and then they did a combat trailer of uh, Silent Hill 2, which, you know, I just I just don't think uh, what Konami is doing. They're just there's something off about these Silent Hill games like they're not they're They don't really seem to understand the tone of of like the classic Silent Hill games. And they're just kind of rubbing me the wrong way. Like just seeing James Sunderland trying to break out of a grapple and jamming x just so pressing x to get out of the grapple i'm just like this isn't really what silent hill is so um i just uh i'm just not super impressed and i'm kind of surprised that sony is pushing it so hard like they're pushing these silent hill games and curating it so it's like these are like the standout titles coming out and uh, i just didn't really connect to a lot of what i saw but uh, i'll stop talking because i know potentially you guys feel differently about it well, bro, Stellar Blade, Stellar, Stellar Blade, Blade. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, let's just talk about that upskirt shot. Wow, uh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. that, that that game looks so something. Um, it's just too. So- we talked about this. We, we were watching together. It's such self serious uh, hentai. Like I, I don't, or like I guess horny is the right word, but like uh, pretty goofy looking. I don't know. Are you into it, Kev? Um, I don't know. It. it... I think, like, like I said, when we were watching it, like, it, it didn't have the camp that, like, it's like Bayonetta, but it doesn't have the camp of Bayonetta. And Bayonetta's right. camp, like, makes it all work because it's, like, yeah. it's, it's kind of, like, all a big joke and it's funny and kind of, like, for fun. I feel like here it's, just, I don't know, played more straight with that. Too straight. Too serious. Like, too it, serious. It's... And the character obviously looks quite uh, provocative. Yeah. To say the least. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I don't really have, um, I don't have strong feelings, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, if it's, like, a game that is, like, a good action game and it has, like, fun. Like, if it's a good game, I'd play it. Like, if it's a good... Like, I like sure. the genre. 
So I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't have strong feelings about it either way, I guess. Uh, for, um, the Silent Hill game actually apparently is not very good. I just looked the reviews. I thought I, I had read one review that looked positive, but it looks like the open critic was a four out of five. So maybe not so. Oh bad. yikes! Let me see. Forty-five that. or four out of five. Four, four or five. If I, I looked at it for a split second, but oh, uh, shit. yeah. Let me see that. I actually was not aware of that. I, I mean, critic. I have to say, like, I completely agree with Oren on like Konami's approach to Silent Hill. I think that they have repeatedly bungled everything. Um, and I mean, I, I remember saying like, oh, I really hope it's not Bloober because that was the rumor. Was <laughs> and then they they were announced, but. I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be like cynical about it. Um, I, like, it's it's not what I wanted, but like, I'll still take it. And like, I think, I don't know. I think like a a different take on this game could still be cool. Will it miss like what made the original amazing? I think like no question. Like, I think like that's <laughs> like, like like, but will like it have its own cool thing about it? Like, I think that's possible. Like, I yeah. think like. I think there's some there's something there. That other PT looking game I think is just a like a, a hype cash in. I guess it's free to play, but I don't even know what that even means. Free to play for a single free player game. Free to play game? short single player game. Yeah, I don't Do know what that. You buy cosmetics, you have to like buy the ending. Like I don't what what I don't know. It has a 53 so, on open critic right now. Okay. So it's bad. I mean, 20% <laughs> critics recommend. I like I will buy Silent Hill 2. Will I pre-order it? No, but I probably will buy it because I still, if it's at least like decent, I still want to play it just to see how they do it. I, I'm just, I find it so curious. Um, but it does, I, I agree, like the combat segment looked a little like Resident Evil. I think, I mean, I kind of understand why they showed that, like, because we only got like a, you know, trailer with like cutscenes essentially before. So showing some of the gameplay and the combat, like, make some sense. They did show little puzzles too. Like I think that I think like that was smart to show off. I doubt the game plays like that because there isn't that much co- I mean, there is a bit of combat, but I a lot of running inside hell too. I kinda like avoided mm. everything in that game. Mm. Yeah, I um you know, under the Mayo, the uh, YouTuber, he had like a really interesting point about Silent Hill where he said like, why does everything have to be an over the shoulder third person action game? Um I think that particularly pertains to silent hill 2's remake because i thought the fixed camera angle in that game really contributed to the sense of like dissociation from the Mm -hmm. from the main character which i think is really important to the themes of the game um and just seeing it be like another third person action game just doesn't really seem to like befit silent hill at all i think it works for resident evil because um you know resident evil is like a lot of it's about you know, where you're going to shoot the zombie, like uh, hit detections, like a big part of those games. So I think it makes sense for Resident Evil. But for Silent Hill, it's just just doesn't really seem to work for me. I feel like they should have gone either first person or they should have just stuck to their guns and done um, fixed camera angle stuff or do- done something like Signalis. But um, yeah, the third person perspective just doesn't seem to work for that for that game. I just I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I think, I mean, I know why they did it. We all know why they did it because of the success of the Resident Evil games, of course. Well, and right, just third-person exactly. games in general are yeah. like the yeah. lowest. But like specifically denominator. within this genre, like yeah. the person over the shoulder is like what I think. There's no chance in hell they would ever make a uh, top-down 
so or fixed camera angle. The original yeah. game is fixed camera angles. Yeah. It's like fixed camera angles, but you can control the camera to a degree. Or it, or and it also it's not completely fixed because it does pan with you sometimes too. It pans okay. like yeah, so you go in long hallways, with it pans with you. That's, that's right. Still and like that's part of like I with like to just be honest said like there's definitely part of the game like part of the vibe is how the camera like interacts with the game and like that's part mm. of like what makes that vibe work. So like again like that's why I was saying like I think will it land on what made the original magical? No, but like I think there could be something mm. there. I don't know. So I should not hold out that this is going to be the version of the game to play and I should just play uh, the original. Play oh the original. yeah, they play definitely play the original. The the original is like a top 3 yeah. horror game of all time. It's like Completely. amazing. It is. It's 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 <sighs> honestly like I had heard so much about it and I was like is it going to be that good? Like is it going to be as good as everyone said? Like oh, it actually was as good as everyone said. <laughs> I It's it like um I, I can't believe it. It's only like 7 hours long too. It's not a long game. All right, I'm putting it on my backlog. Um, so, Sonic X Generations, I just want to quickly mention. Do we? Like, <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 and Sonic Games. I used to read the comics and everything. I just think it's I think it's cool that they're uh, doing a new Sonic Generations. Apparently, they're going to remaster the old levels again into this one. So, they're going to put the Sonic Generations 1 levels into the game. And they're doing some levels from the 3D era. Will I buy this game at launch? No. Will I get it like on the bargain bin? Yes. Hell and yeah. play it for... Like you know, a couple hours maybe. I think it's mm. I think I think it's a cool thing that they're doing it. Um, and the last thing I wanted to mention was obviously Kojima's appearance. The his Death Stranding two. Very excited to play that. Looked great. They showed a lot more than I would have thought. Mm. That was like a ten minute trailer. That was like a Game yeah. Awards trailer. That's the trailer I thought would have been at the Game Awards, but somehow Keeley got robbed by Sony. <laughs> I um I wonder if the I really got to go back and try the first one again. I wonder if they're going to change up the gameplay um substantially for the second one, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe they're maybe it's that's not true, but it seems I like they had they new will. stuff. I think they will. Yeah. Uh like when so the first Death Stranding felt a lot of ways thematically i mean not just thematically you I know mean, just a lot of ways very similar to metal gear solid one like there was a lot of intentional callbacks like throughout the whole game mm. and then i think this is going to be metal gear solid 2 and i think they're going to like subvert what we think death stranding is in the game and in the game mechanics that's like the most kojima right. thing to do ever and that would be mm. what that metal gear solid 2 did as well like oh it's a game about snake again no it's not <laughs> it's about another character <laughs> right yeah, right. you thought you were doing this, but it's actually something completely different. So I, I feel like mm. that's what's on the table here mm. based on Kojima expectations. But really, Kojima does all sorts of shit that's totally like even that, like maybe that's what he thinks we're going to, you know, think, I, who fucking knows. Uh, where did Joel <laughs> get see. that guitar? <laughs> <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um I, I, did, I didn't really know what I was seeing in, in a lot of that trailer because I guess I didn't play enough of the first game. I didn't uh, either. Okay. <laughs> really? I mean, I had uh, some ideas, but I even having played the first game of shit tons, I'm still kind of like, what's happening here? Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, it looked pretty rad. I enjoyed watching it. it I, I need to go back and finish. Maybe I need to put that on my backlog. Finish this the first game. I always get this this thing where it's like if it's been two or three years since I last played a game, do I need to restart it? Do I need to start back from where it was? And I'm always like air towards wanting to restart it, and then I don't want to 
that I ended up playing it. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that that was a very awesome trailer, and that game was, looks cool. Also worth noting that uh, Kojima was was broadcasting live from Culver City, but he said in a tweet that he's working on a tactical espionage game next. That's that that specific studio is nice. So they're making it was a stealth action game. You said, right? Mm-hmm. What is that going to mean? Metal Gear Solid Six. No. Yeah. Uh, I loved seeing George Miller be a, like an actual character. Yeah. I thought That's that awesome. was cool. That was cool. Uh, and apparently the um, the guy who voices the Alan Wake puppet or whatever, he's like a famous German director. So yeah. I, I do appreciate that he values his influences and his fellow creatives. I think that is like pretty cool that he does that. The Alan Wake puppet? Is that what we're calling <laughs> Yeah, he just looks like Alan Wake. Just like Alan Wake. That's funny. All right, shit. Um, all right. Anything else from this uh, the date of play? Um, uh, yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say is I wasn't really uh, excited about Rise of the Ronin, and mm. I say that as the resident um, Team Ninja apologist. Uh, yeah. I just think. I th- I just think Assassin's Creed style open world games are so played out. Yeah. That just that just seeing another one is just I think I think Team Ninja needs to just throw everything out but the kitchen sink and just try something new. I I think they chase trends a little too much and it's kind of like resulted in like 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 it's like I'm having the fifth serving or the seventh serving of something I've already played. So I'm, I but I think they just need to change it up. Here's a question. So Judas, it's the next Ken Levine game, right? Oh, I forgot that. They showed that too. It's, 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 I see it as the Callisto protocol. It's like, this is the like follow-up to a seventh gen successful title, right? That was influential, right? By the creator of it. Callisto protocol was by Schofield, Dead Space, right? This Judas at Bioshock. So will it be better than the Callisto protocol? I don't no. know, man. The Callisto Protocol is pretty good. I know. I like Callisto Protocol. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. I like it too. I thought it was a pretty good game. Strong seven out of ten, honestly. Yeah, agreed. I Strong think Ken Levine is just. Uh, I know too much about him at this point to like ever want to support him again. So, like, even if it does come out to good reviews, I'm just like not interested. <laughs> yeah. it, it it somehow to me the game looks original and derivative at the same time like it's like i haven't seen this before but it just looks like kind of wacky hijinks that i would expect from a game like bioshock yeah so, uh, they look like atomic uh, heart atomic <laughs> heart yeah they look like a atomic <laughs> heart, which is funny because obviously that game's ripping off bioshock but um yeah. i don't i have i have no patience for this game <laughs> yes i i think that was my takeaway just in general from the state of play is it's like you're showing me a lot of stuff but it's all like not really that inspired i'm just kind of like yeah it looks like a lot of effort was put into this but also it's gonna land and it's gonna be like a seven out of ten game if that (laughs) so yeah i wasn't super excited about this uh state of play i think uh it's cool that death stranding 2 is coming out but it's not coming out till 2025 if that so means i don't get to Should play I even... 26 maybe <laughs> it 2027 
it it just seems like Sony is going to have kind of a light year. Like this is a light year for Sony. And in fairness, you could say that about maybe every developer right now or publisher, but yeah, it seems like Sony's not really coming in hot this year. No, I think they've, yeah, I don't know. Game development times have become really big. They released a lot of their, their studios have put out games recently and yeah, who knows what's going to happen in Sony's world. Uh, I feel like Microsoft's got some stuff coming. Nintendo has a console coming, probably with a new mainline Mario game. What yeah. about, come on, Ocarina of Time remaster? Would you be stoked for a Ocarina of Time remaster, Kevin? Yeah. Song Re- of well, I already had it. They already remastered it on 3DS. And remake, I, I guess. Remake. Yeah, if they remade it, that would be cool. Um, I didn't love the remake for Link's Awakening. Uh it wasn't crap. I just was kind of like, eh. I wasn't, I don't know. I, I just didn't. I don't like the look of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was done by, I think, Toasty or. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. It wouldn't be done by like Nintendo EAD. They'd get, they'd get another developer to do to do it. Grezzo. Okay. Hmm. So Grezzo would probably do an Ocarina of Time. But I mean, if I could play Ocarina of Time in 60 FPS, that would be pretty sweet. I probably would buy that. I would, I mean, I would buy that. I would definitely. Yeah. Buy that. So, Warren, are you going to sell your PlayStation now that Sony can't deliver? Hashtag Sony failure. Hashtag Xbox fanboy. Hashtag it's over. I I think Xbox is also kind of like not great right now. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm excited for Hellblade 2. I I thought the Indiana Jones game looks really okay. Mm. But who knows? Mm. We all just spoiled from 2023 is really what happened here. Yeah. Yeah. Watch, it's going to be the end of the year, right? And it's like, what are our top 10 games of the year? And it's like, well, I couldn't even make enough, like a big enough list for a top five. So here's my top four games of 2024. I don't know. There's already been like three solid games that released this year. Tekken's really good. Uh, Kevin's liking Yakuza. And I definitely liked the demo for the Prince of Persia game. I don't know that I'm Mm going to play it right away, but it seemed... It seemed really good. Kevin said it compared it to the old God of War, which I felt was a very favorable and accurate comparison. And uh, I think that, I, I think it's just going to be surprises. It's right. going to be different, but uh, I, I think we'll be we'll make we'll make ten games. Um, all right, let's let's wrap this up, guys. Personal recommendations. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go quick. We just recorded a two and a half hour best films of the decade. So far podcast with Taylor and Nick Grasso. Those two had a lot to say. They spoke well. They brought up a ton of movies that, that I've never even heard of and, and that I, I want to watch now. Oren had a lot to say. He spoke well. He mentioned movies that sound awesome. I recommend you go listen to that podcast because uh, there's a lot there. Yeah, he spoke well too, Aaron. Um, yeah, that was a great podcast. Uh, I think my personal rec this week... Um, I've been getting into anime, <laughs> which is funny because I like am not an anime guy, but I think I've just been like tired of prestige TV, and I kind of like want something different. So I'm like, I'm just gonna like knock out some of these classic animes. Um, I just finished Cowboy Bebop, and I watched the movie too on the big screen at the Music Box Theater, which was awesome, and. Uh, <laughs> That show kind of fucked me up. Mm. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was kind of, 
I remember it from my childhood being like a really fun, stylish action show, which is what it is. But it's also like really existential and really sad and explores like feelings of longing in the past and inevitability and mortality that I like really like reson that really resonated with me. And I just like I, I think uh, Mike, Mike Carlson, frequent guest, he says that sometimes he'll, he'll watch a piece of media and then he'll like kind of like sit there in silence and think about it for a long time. I definitely had that moment with Cowboy Bebop. Like when I finished the final episode a few days ago, it was like two in the morning. And instead of being a normal person and going to bed after that, I literally just like sat in the dark for like 45 minutes, just like thinking about what I watched. And I haven't really done something like that in a while where like something moved me emotionally so much that I just had to sit with my feelings for a little bit. And uh, so yeah, Cowboy Bebop like really kind of like blew my mind. I really love that show and what that show was doing. And it made me thinking, think about my life in some pretty meaningful ways. Um, so yeah, Cowboy Bebop, um, amazing show. And then, uh, <laughs> the other show that I just started watching a couple days ago is Neon Evo. Genesis Evangelion. Um, that show's weird. It's, 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 it's a weird show. A, a lot of, uh, nudity for like 14 year old characters and sexual tension with them. So I'm like, not sure if I like it. It might mm. be like a little like, okay, this is like strange, but um, people keep trying to tell me like, you got to watch it. It turns into a giant metaphor for depression and existentialism as it goes on. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. But I've been watching that one too. I'm not nearly as high on it as Cowboy Bebop, but I have been trying that show. So I guess my recommendation is consume other dif different types of media, consume anime. Don't just watch the latest TV show everyone's talking about. Um, there's a lot of great older TV shows from other cultures that are worth watching. Agreed. Um, so I want to, I think I already plugged this, but I'm going to plug it again because I'm plugging a Do different it. one. Uh, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. Mm. Um, I started playing Final Fantasy 4. Um, the Pixel Remaster is very high quality, just like the Pixel Remaster was for Final Fantasy V. And it's funny because Final Fantasy IV was one of the Final Fantasy games that was remade in 2007 by Matrix Software on the DS in a 3D version. Mm. So I got to compare the Pixel Remaster of the Super Nintendo game to the I was going to ask you DS about that because I noticed you were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have to say, like, it's it, i think and i don't want to slight matrix for what they did with the remake i think they did a, they did a great job but the the original lower fidelity sprites to me are so much more expressive and interesting than the n64 styled um bobbleheads bobbleheads of final <clears throat> fantasy 4 remake even though they have voice acting and the presentation is probably higher from a technical perspective i think the original i think there were there's something definitely lost in that translation of 3d but it's just funny because uh, i was thinking like i bet you in 2007 this was like everyone was like this is the shit like this is this is this is the, be the best way to play this they game were controversial at the time if i were okay all correctly they also like ran at like 15 frames per second or something they, they run very up. bad they run um, very poorly <laughs> targeted 15 frames per second so people were kind of irked about, I, I think there was always kind of a negative if i recall correctly reception to that um mm. Final Fantasy IV Cecil? Cecil, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's cool. You played that one? Uh, 
Uh, just a little. Just enough to know that it's Cecil. <laughs> okay. Start, start it was on an airship. surprisingly a grim game. I was like, wow, this, this is going dark places. I didn't expect this at the beginning of this game. Uh, it's good, though. I, I'm, re- I'm liking it a lot. We're, I'm probably, we've already played it. Uh, I'm playing with my girlfriend, kind of like trading off. Played mm. for about four hours. So I just want to mention that these big matches are really high quality. They run in 21 by 9 natively. We can oh, run them in all Game of the year wide. contenders. I mean, how, many, how many SNES games can you play in native ultra wide? Like, na- name me. It's probably like a handful. So that's a cool feature. It does tear. So mm. you have to force V-Sync at the driver level, but that fixes it and you're good to go. So that's the only thing if you're playing on PC, do that. But uh, all around good remasters. The, the music was redone by Nobuo himself. He re redid all the music. So I think it's about as good as games can ever be, to be honest. Well, I mean, you could also play them on an emulator with the with the filter with a really a really good CRT shader. But uh, you get you I, four I like by the three. Music. I like the extra yeah quality of life changes personally. Yeah, native sixteen by nine, native ultra wide. I mean, that's that's better than four by three. I love four by three, but yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a pretty good way to play them. I I, uh, I might just buy the whole pack on the Switch, but that that that. Uh, stuttering stuff that happens kind of irks me uh all right well everybody get out there watch evangelion comment on why Orin is a philistine for not liking it i'm kidding uh Orin likes it (laughs) i don't know if i like it i kind of your pitch (laughs) i mean i wanted to watch that show too but you said like all like naked teenagers that's like that's a good let me put it this way you like cannot go wrong with Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy okay. Bebop is just great from beginning to end. Some of the attitudes towards women in the show is a little dated, but other than that, it's like aged so well. So if you're <laughs> gonna watch a show, like I can unequivocally recommend Cowboy Bebop. I will say a lot of people who uh love Eva are like it gets good at episode twelve, thirteen. So I'm 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 gonna give it a chance. Maybe next podcast I'll say it's a masterpiece. Okay, okay, <laughs> I, I might yeah. check it out too because I've been trying to get to a chance to watch it. So, but I maybe I should just watch Bebop instead because it sounds like you're uh, higher on that. Uh, yeah, and Mike, Mike's a big Bebop fan too. So, like, oh, he is. It, it's it's a oh yeah uh, yeah he was. <laughs> I oh, think yeah. like uh, not not to call out Drew um, because we love Drew. But uh, Drew, like, said, like, I think Cowboy Bebop is one of the more overrated podcasts. And then, like, right after that, Mike Carlson shot back and he's like, this is a contrarian argument. <laughs> you like, like, you can't just say Cowboy Bebop is one of the most overrated shows. It's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So, so, That's funny. So was, like, yeah. But um, like, I, I endorse Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. All right. Cowboy Bebop, um, like, the first half of the show is, like, more fun. Mm-hmm. Um. I will say, like, there is, like, an episode early in the show that's, like, so intense and has one of the craziest set pieces I've seen in anything. But, um, the like, after the show kind of, like, gets you kind of acclimated with the characters and, and like, what the show's going for, the show becomes way more soulful in the second half in a way that I thought was really meaningful. So, Cowboy Bebop is amazing. Highly Where did you watch it? How did you watch it? Uh, you can watch it on Hulu. Hulu. Uh, okay. They have the whole show on Hulu, so you can uh, just watch it there. Um, if not, I'm sure like VPN and whatever. But I shouldn't. I don't know if I should say that on the podcast. Why not? That's <laughs> every YouTube has an ad talking about VPNs. And, yeah, um, <laughs> right. go crazy. Watch things how you want them. 
want to watch it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, well, jump in the Discord to chat about uh, Cowboy Bebop and uh, Madden. We love you. And we'll be back. Warren, Kevin, thank you so much. It's been great talking with you guys. I'm Aaron. Adios.